Have you ever thought about getting stranded on a remote planet? Hi, this is Ken of the Gabasic Podcast. So, I just read the novel Star Wars Lost Tribe of the Sith, written by John Jackson Miller, and please note that I'm not an expert on any technicalities, and I'm just here to share my spoiler-free review. According to Wikipedia, John Jackson Miller is an American science fiction author and a comic book writer. He wrote Star Wars Empire issue number 35 that featured Darth Vader, and he also wrote Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic issue 1-50 to from 2006 to 2010. Since Disney's acquisition of Star Wars last October 2012, Lucasfilm rebranded the expanded universe material as Star Wars Legends and declared as non-canon to the franchise. Okay, so Star Wars Lost Tribe of the Sith, the collected stories, was set 5,000 years before the Battle of Yavin or before the events of A New Hope. It is a story that started with an accident, an event that no one anticipated. Survivors of the accident ended on a planet that seemed unknown and perhaps even hostile at first, but later found a way not only to survive but also to conquer. It tackles the very nature of the Sith long before they followed the rule of two, which only consists of a Sith Lord and a Sith Apprentice. Their greed for power brought civilization, but the same greed also brought them to destroy themselves. Well, almost. The collected stories are divided into many parts, nine stories in particular, jumping from a couple of years to a millennium. Also, it is told in three separate generations, yet still very much connected. Personally, the concept of a stranded group of Sith is intriguing. I got curious as to how they're going to deal with the natives on a planet that has no means to travel nor have any idea outside their own. So, Yaru Corson was commanded by Sith Lord Nagasado to obtain crystals to support the war against the Jedi. These crystals can be used as lightsaber weapons. When his crew were about to leave and activated hyperspace, they were hit and crash landed on a remote planet of Kesh. Hyperspace in Star Wars is like a tool that takes a ship from point A to point B in a short amount of time. So let's start with the characters. So Yaru Corson is the captain of the ship called Omen, and the guy is a natural leader. He is optimistic for a Sith, and he is very much motivated whatever plan he had in mind. And I think he's too friendly for a Sith whenever he displays his concern for his crew like a father to his children. The guy knows how to take advantage of a particular situation, especially when he introduced his crew to the native people of Kesh as their deity or the Skyborn. They immediately gave their positions away to the newcomers. The purpose is not only to survive, but to become rulers of Kesh. And with no other way of communicating outside the planet, the Lost Tribe, which they later called themselves, has decided to settle and build their empire on Kesh. He was declared as the Grand Lord of the tribe and served as its ruler and protector of the planet. And just like any Sith, 
Yaru can wield a lightsaber and utilize the Force to his own will. As a Sith, he doesn't seem to be hostile to the people around him. I think he's one of the most positive in terms of Sith standards. I mean, the Sith are known for glorifying power and lust for strength, and this character rarely presented these qualities. However, this guy is dangerous if you provoke him to. Next is Dari Val. She's a geologist and a local Kashiri. She served as the bridge between the Kashiri and the Sith. At first, she was hated for lecturing about volcanoes creating their landscape. Next, she was one of the most respected in her society. It all happened out of curiosity and survival instinct when she was being chased by the ruling council of Kesh. They have this strong belief that their land was created from the blood of the Skyborn, and her lecture is nothing but blasphemy for them. She was the one who brought Yaru and his crew to her people. Adari can be considered a quiet character when the Sith rose into power. She became close with Yaru to the point where he even treated her as a friend. His wife, Sila Corson, almost thought they were having an affair. And then we have Sila Corson, and if there's any character that resembles her personality, that's going to be Cersei Lannister from Game of Thrones. Her husband was murdered at the hands of Yaru, and despite of hating Yaru, she married the captain to secure her position and her son. And for that, she is willing to do anything to give the best to her offspring. Anyway, uh, Sila Corson is a racist to a particular species called the Red Sith, or Pure Bloods. They look like humans, except for the red skin and other layers of their faces. And she also hates Adari for being too close to Yaru. And although she never suspected the two for having an affair, she couldn't accept the fact that a Kashiri could be this close to their Grandlord. Though she did acknowledge the fact that the Lost Tribe wouldn't survive if it wasn't for the locals taking them in. Lastly, we have Varner Hiltz, an old Sith whose role is to take care of historical records and lore of the Sith. Hiltz is my favorite character out of everyone else because he displayed his intelligence and problem-solving skills in difficult situations. He kind of resembled Yaru but much wiser and cunning. And take note that Hilt and Yaru are 2,000 years apart from one another, serving Yaru as his ancestor. But unlike his ancestor, Hilt never dreamed of being Grand Lord. He once stated that getting old as a Sith is rare, simply because of their violent philosophy. But because he never wanted any of the politics and combat, he remained as a caretaker. It made him invisible, to the point that his job never seemed interesting nor glorifying enough to seize. Okay, so reading the collected stories may be confusing at first, with all the names and events taking place, and I'm not even sure if reading the Star Wars Legends in chronological order is the right way to do it, but I enjoyed it, honestly. And the reason why I decided to read the Legends is because I want to understand the lore and the origins or at least find out how different it was to the current franchise that we know of. To be honest, reading this book made me think of Spain introducing Christianity to the natives of Cebu or somewhere in Visayas, 
The tribes are naturally religious and devoted because of their paganistic practices. And though there may be tribes which they found difficult to convince, they were successful to most of the island's population. But that's another story for another day. I like the sequence of the story, the schemes, the treachery and the wittiness. That includes the legacies they left behind. And just to add, there was a storyline that seemed like a filler yet still entertaining. A story where a Sith Saber and a Jedi Knight not only communicate like normal human beings but also have a strong romantic relationship. So before we end this episode, I have one question for the listeners. Do you think there's any possibility that Disney would reconsider making the legends canon again? Making them connected and alive again? Because I think there's a lot of potential storylines that they could present for TV and for the cinema. Um, I mean, if they can do so well, I mean, if they could do so well with the last season of The Mandalorian, then I'm pretty sure they can do the same thing with um with the legends i mean there's a lot of potential stories to tell a lot of stories to show and to expand but anyway what do you think about the story or what do you think about the book have you read it if so what do you think about it message us on our facebook page at the capacity podcast and if i'm going to rate this book it's going to be 7.5 out of 10 so anyway i hope you enjoyed this episode and you have a good night